Oremus coram Domino. Let us weep in the sight of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Mass and the Office of Reparation are an embarrassment of riches that we could ponder for a very long time. And as we all know, it's a Mass and an Office which speaks to the essence of our distinctive vocation, as described in our decorations, as taught to us in the heritage that we receive from Mother MacTill, our vocation is to do everything that this feast calls us to do, to camp out in the sanctuary, to bear the sins of the priesthood, to make intercession for the house of Israel, to weep before the Lord. We heard in the Lessons and Matins various episodes in the history of God's people that called for weeping. In Ezekiel, we heard what he saw going on in the temple, how idols were brought into the house of God, how all sorts of abominations were being practiced in the temple. And then we heard from St. Cyprian about how not only had Christians fallen into apostasy during the persecution, which was understandable enough, but how afterwards they sought to return and approach the holy mysteries without doing penance, without making reparation for what they had done, how they piled offenses upon offenses. And in the third doctrine, we heard from St. John Chrysostom describing how in his times, after the persecutions were ended, there continued to be irreverence of various kinds shown to our Lord in the Most Blessed Sacrament. Approaching with filthy souls, stinking souls, to receive him. And on the other hand, neglect. Those who simply didn't care, didn't bother to come frequently to receive all that our Lord wanted to offer to them. These are things that happened thousands of years ago. We can easily enough make the application to our own time, and others have written sufficiently about all of the ways in which our Lord is insulted in the sacrament of his love, neglected, the ways in which shame has been brought upon the priesthood, the ways in which his church has been brought low in the eyes of many. But what are we called to do? Ezekiel describes in the first three lessons everything that he sees going on in the temple. And then in the last lesson, the angel is told, go through the city of Jerusalem, and mark a tau upon the foreheads of those who weep and sorrow over all the abominations which are done in her midst. We don't read that these men were able to do anything to stop what was going on. They may not have been in a position to do that. But they could at least weep and lament. That was what God was looking for from them. 
He was looking for some hearts that would recognize what was going on and would recognize what God deserved and would weep that God did not receive the return that his love deserved. What he looked for was men to weep before the Lord because those who weep before the Lord show that their hearts are not hardened. And that's what our Lord is looking for from us. That's why we sang in the hymn at Matins, Nostri dura Deus frigora pectoris dissolvat tua caritas. May thy charity, O God, dissolve the hard iciness of our heart. It is the hardness of heart, it is the lack of love, ultimately, which grieves our Lord more than any particular external offenses which are done to him, because all of those things are simply a manifestation of the lack of love, the love which he came into this world looking for from us. It's no accident that the gospel of this Mass begins by depicting for us the wedding feast, the king who gives the wedding feast for his son, the son, namely the eternal son, for whom the father arranges a wedding with humanity, a wedding with his bride, the church. And all of us are invited to take part in that wedding feast, to share in the abundance set before the guests at the wedding feast. Nay, we are even as members of the church invited to be part of the bride to join in her response to the love of her spouse. But in return, we have these sad words that we repeated in the Benedictus Antiphon. Iliatem neglexerunt et abierunt. But they neglected. They were lacking in dilexio. They didn't care and they went away. They went away because they were busy with too many other things. Too busy to be bothered. So bothered were they, in fact, that they even mocked and killed the servants who came to invite them. It is this hardness, this indifference, this lack of love which grieves our Lord. And it is that that he looks for us to repair. And so as we celebrate this feast, we do indeed weep for all that goes on in the world, all that goes on even in the church that's not worthy of God. But we should weep most of all for what goes on in each of our hearts, the ways in which we show neglect, the ways in which we go away and turn away from our Lord when he's inviting us to respond to his love. In small ways, to be sure, but for one who loves, small things are not small. And what our Lord invites us to today is to begin to repay in all of those little ways the love that he shows to us. The love with which he has satiated us, which we can so often neglect like a spoiled child. The hymn at Matins said, Impinguatus homo dona dei suo certat vincere crimine. Man, made fat, strives to surpass the gifts of God with his own offenses. This impinguatus, becoming fat, reminds us of the canticle from Deuteronomy chapter 32 that we sing on Saturdays during this time of year. 
In crassatus est delectus et recalcitravit, the beloved one became fat and kicked back, spoiled with so many blessings. Israel failed to repay her lover who had been so good to her. And all of us, at least at times in our own ways, have allowed ourselves to become fat and not recognize that all that we have is a gift. And so we become sluggish, we become cold in our response. May today's feast inspire all of us to rededicate ourselves to our vocation, to show our Lord the delicacy of love that he looks for from us, by the generosity with which we give him our time and all of our energy in our adoration, but also by the way in which we make reparation to his love by loving him in the members of his mystical body who are around us, that we do not neglect and go away from our brothers externally or internally, that we see and adore in them our Lord who longs for us at every moment of repaying his love. Although we don't commemorate her liturgically this year, we remember also today the appearance of our Blessed Mother at Lourdes, appearing as she did on this very feast in 1858. She appeared saying, penance, penance. When we look to her, the hardships of penance, all of the things that we will be taking on in a few days at the beginning of Lent, all of those things become sweet under her countenance. Let us ask her to fill us with the fire of charity that burns in her most pure heart so that the iciness of our hearts can be dissolved, so that we can return to the Divine Bridegroom the love that he has come into this world to, seek, to give to us and to seek and return from us, so that it might be said of us, Nuxia quidem parate sunt, the wedding feast indeed is prepared. Et qui invitati erant, fuerunt digni, and those who were invited were worthy. Ili dilexerunt et manserunt et ploraverunt. They loved, and they remained, and they wept. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.